I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. A podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. We're back. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, darling. We're back. Yes, we're, we're, we're back. <laughs> we, here we are, the number two, a pair, two ducks in a pond, ready to talk about Bradley Cooper's Maestro. Uh, indeed. <laughs> okay, I, we promise you, listener, uh, the podcast is not entirely Mitchell doing a Bradley Cooper impression. Uh, just for the intro, darling. Just for the just, intro. Just for the I'm intro. Doing the impression. I've got a bit of a cold, and so, <laughs> so uh, to just uh, for the intro. spare you as quickly as possible, let's go straight into our conversation already in progress. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, let's jump in, sleepyheads. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. <laughs> Well, this is our first first episode of the new year. We can't release our top ten episode until we've seen a lot more movies. At least until I've seen a lot more movies and nothing's out. Do you feel like you are missing a lot? Zone of Interest doesn't come out in theaters till February. Zone of Interest. Yeah, I'm with you. Kind of annoyed I about mean, that. I mean, I've got Anatomy of a Fall, which I know you saw, but I need to see that. And I'm going to rent it. And I'm going to rent, I don't know, I'm going to rent like four or five movies here coming up. American American fiction. Where American I mean, fiction. where where is that? It's in theaters. Is that near you? Is that near you? I mean, to be honest, I, probably. You're you're not trying to see it? No, I want to see it. Part, partly, I just don't have the time. If it was playing and running, I would go see it. But nothing's playing here. We still got Wish showings. I'm gonna see Godzilla Friday. I just I saw it. It's good, right? It's yeah. good. American fiction's playing in sac. Um, but I am like, I don't know when. Maybe waking up at night, it's been hard. And But so... we are going to have to wait on our top ten, I feel like. I saw Ferrari. Well, there you go. I don't feel like I need to wait until Zone of Interest. We can have an addendum on that one. Maybe just do a whole episode on it. But probably after this, we could do a top ten. But I feel like I need to see at least three more movies. Yeah, I think I think Zone of Interest. I'd like to see Iron Claw. Okay, that you need to see Iron Claw. Yeah, that is I know. I really so high it. on my list. And uh, it's just you know, it's a, it, it it feels like we have this conversation every year, where there's all this good stuff that's out there and it's just inaccessible. <laughs> it's so annoying. I know. Like December eighth is not your release date if nobody can see it outside of L.A. until February or whatever it is, right? Yeah, they got to change that rule. Like accessible to people for an extended period of time, not shown one time at like Telluride. Yeah, yeah. Because right now it's Aquaman, Migration, the new anime movie, Anyone But You, Night Swim, The Boys in the Boat, Jesus, The Color Purple, <laughs> The Iron Claw, Boy and the Heron, Lord of the Rings, Wish. You know, I have, I've heard from a few people that like Boys in the Boat is like a really solid like no, that no, kind of movie. No, no I refuse. <laughs> The only movie that I want to see that has a rowing in it is Social Network, which I was we just going to say do our Social killer Network. episode. <clears throat> oh, yeah, The Killer. Yeah, I love that movie. But we're going to do a video episode for that and get on YouTube and try to monetize. So, Great. you know what? We're back. And we're, we're back. At, First one of the late. year and a movie that is probably definitely uh, not going to show up in our top 10. <laughs> is it on my top 10? I don't think so. No, it is not. But, you know, for the average movie goer it's not abundantly clear why it wouldn't be on our top 10 Would you guess because um, i've got some people on letterbox who loved it and i have a lot of people who are like this is incredibly mid that's how i kind of feel about it 
and and well, so we're talking about my. What are we talking about? We're talking about Maestro. Oh, we're Maestro, darling, darling. We're talking about my. Um, we're talking about Maestro. <laughs> Any questions? It's it's really the Bradley Cooper needs an Oscar movie. Uh, he needs I it. He needs it so bad. I prefer my Bradley Cooper as the washed out acoustic rock star than I do the orchestral uh, goofy. I uh, see. I prefer my Bradley Cooper wild eyed <laughs> as the wide eyed and naive journalist Will Tippin from the ABC uh, television program Alias. Yeah, love that one. Okay, okay. I'm not talking about acting. I'm talking about his- okay. Yes, yes, yes. I see what you're saying. Bradley Cooper, director. Yes, yes. Uh, He's interested in himself as a musician, whether it be a uh, alcoholic rock star, suicidal alcoholic rock star, or you know, a, pe- a people loving cigarette smoking. Uh, listen, I love people. I, I love music. God, I love music. It makes me happy. Uh, 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 or a maestro with a cold, and he's got a cold. See, he really keyed in on the cigarette smoking, but. There's definitely a sequence in which Leonard Bernstein is is just doing lines of cocaine at a party in this yeah, movie. I, I, I don't know if it feels like I think part of my problem with the movie, and it's a big problem with the movie, is that it feels like an SNL skit rather than, oh, I don't know. Biopics are tough, but, you know, the first thing I did after watching this was go watch some interviews with Lenny Bernstein mm. thinking Bernstein sure, Bernstein I still don't know because I still don't I didn't learn anything about this character in this movie <laughs> but um I go watch some interviews because I'm like surely this man does not speak like this and he doesn't <laughs> now as far as SNL goes pretty spot on uh, pretty totally great but as far as a deep dive in a character drama so here's something that, so, okay do I have I have Maybe I want to start with the positive. I did sure. find myself um, very quickly kind of giving myself over to the movie. Like, it, it, what'd you think of the opening sequence? Um, which one in particular? the The interview framework. No, no you're talking the, about art um, or like the big. Or, or he's like thrust into, yeah. like it, he like gets the call. Yeah, I, I it it was effective. It drew me into the movie. Um, I thought it was effective until the CGI, which was obvious. Yeah, and and I I was like confused about it because it was because it's it's this kind of very stylized, you know, and and it feels like even kind of he's trying to be reflective of the era of filmmaking. You know, it felt more like a a musical. What's the Orson Welles movie with the big long shot at the beginning? Uh, Touch of Evil, right? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like that, but it felt like a um, an attempt. At yeah. a like pretty epic shot, yeah, and you know set piece to start the film, and I thought it was like oh it's like oh this is pretty interesting, cool and fun to watch, and then it gets into like some CGI stuff in black and white. I'm like oh man, you're really taking me out yeah. immediately on this. Yeah. But I felt like it was effective to get me wrapped in. I I for as funny as the performance is at times, it is like he's going for it. Um, and, oh yeah, and, and I kind of mean that in a positive way. I mean. Partly, so I, I, I had to watch this over two nights. Um, I watched it over four, so that probably affects <laughs> my review. But I'll say this: you know, I watched it 
on the second night and where the second half of the movie is i i watched it on the second night where the second half of the movie is kind of him older right i mean the 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 age range that he plays in this movie is pretty significant and then after it was over i kind of went back and watched some of the early scenes and and to be honest the contrast that he's able to pull off i i think you know it's sometimes it's cheesy but pretty effectively like he he transforms and and uh, has a metamorphosis over the course of the film, right? And and part of me really wish it had just been I, like, can we? Can it just have been a cut, like one year of this guy's life? Like, pick pick him yeah. writing this or him ready to do this performance or whatever it is, right? That that era, and then let everything flow for like a Steve Jobs kind of thing. Uh, the the uh, Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs. I think Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs is an interesting comp. For this movie, yeah, because that like one out two hours of Steve Jobs' life, yeah, right. Oh There's yeah, and no it's fl- but it's but it's over. It's one Apple keynote day, like three, yeah, like twenty years apart or whatever. Like it's three separate right. days over many right, years. Right. Um, and to me, that's a lot more effective and interesting as a as a snapshot and as a uh, almost guardrails restrictions yeah. for your story. But, because I felt like I, you know, got the idea and maybe some of the worldview of Steve Jobs a lot clearer, a lot louder in a movie like that than I did with this one. And, and see, with, with this Le- one, it was it, it was he had no Bradley Cooper had no framework, he had no restriction, so so to speak, right? No imposed restriction on his narrative. Yeah. And so he he's playing with black and white, and then it's in color, and then it's in this aspect ratio, and all of this stuff that right. you know, like obviously makes he he's making these choices, and it makes sense to him. But it but but to me, it amounted to a lot of scenes that I thought were really amazing, and mm-hmm. really like some 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 of the most interesting like acting set pieces uh, I've seen in a movie all year. You know what scene I'm probably talking about. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what's strange about this movie. The acting is really good. There's some really interesting editing and cinematography. I think um, there's like some a lot of technical beauty. Yes, totally, on display. totally. But but it just, just doesn't. End, it didn't feel like it held together. And and I just, I just kept wondering, what like, what for. am I supposed? <laughs> what am I supposed to know about this guy? And and it starts with that question about art. I don't which mm-hmm. is, or that quote about art asking questions or whatever and I'm like this is not a, this is not ultimately about art this is just guy I, I didn't actually this guy <laughs> I, I, I did not feel that the movie effectively communicated there is something about the music and the art with this man that that was so compelling to him that came in fits and bursts but overall it was just like he's kind of a workaholic and he's he's extraordinarily talented but even in the workaholic it's like yes sure yeah but he's also like but, really but, 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 but just do the, just the, I, constantly having all kinds of different projects and, and so many different things right right but like but it, i mean it's, I it's similar this. to the it's i would say it's similar to a conversation be like you know lenny was a workaholic it's like cool you told me that yes and and i felt like as I was watching it, I was like, I actually don't really know very much about this guy. I know. I didn't know anything. I knew nothing I, about I, him. I basically knew that he I, he mentored Lydia Tarr. I learned that from Tarr last year. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> she talks about also, him. Also, it's like, how, how dare you release I this? I know. I mean, I get why they 
held this movie back. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the running things in that movie is that Lenny was a mentor of hers, and mm. it doesn't actually seem as though at any point in in reality of Tar that she ever met him. <laughs> Uh, which is like a brilliant thing. And she, in the scene where she finally goes back to her childhood home, she's playing her VHS tapes of Bernstein conducting. And it's like the kind of the, the, the sequence where he's like in that music hall and it's like the TV show for like learning about classical music, you know? And, it, and it's like, yeah. oh, that's how he was a mentor to Tar. What it, is floating in the subconscious of Hollywood? That those two uh, movies would be made I know. at the same time. I know, I know. So, so like, I don't know. I mean, I knew, and I know that he did the music for West Side Story, right? And I didn't know that uh, <laughs> until he offhand says it in an interview here. But I'm like, hmm, that, that seems like that would be important. Now, and I know, picked up on this because, legacy. and I picked up on this because I had the subtitles on on Netflix, and every time a music cue would a new piece of music would start in the background, like like scoring is what I'm talking about, not in the scene. Every time a piece of music would start in the score, it would say, you know how a subtitle will tell you like the song, the title of the song. Well, normally it doesn't do that in a movie because it's just score. But in this, all of the music that was in the film was His Leonard music. Bernstein music. And so it would say, mm-hmm. now playing West Side Story main theme or whatever. And right. Okay, that one I recognized, but I didn't recognize it. I didn't know any of these other things. And it feels like, okay, and I'm going to try to be, I'm going to be totally honest and that maybe this is a double standard I have. What it felt like is that the movie depends on you really knowing this guy and having an appreciation for his music, which right. is, I just don't think for for a people under a certain age, so like I just don't know the cultural consciousness we have for him. Now, I, I say that, but I would say if it was a movie I really liked, I could see myself saying, oh man, I loved how they just used this person's music and they didn't comment on it and it was just there and it was like, if you know, you know, and it was just like an Easter egg right. for the audience, right? And to me, it was like, and I don't know if I'm being unfair to the movie or not, but but part of me wants to say, well, well yeah, it's just not as good of a movie. And so they don't get they don't get to pull that off, right? It, yeah, this isn't this isn't the Super Mario Brothers movie where when they play the certain, uh, uh. you know, <laughs> Rainbow Road soundtrack, you're like, dude, <laughs> I can't believe they fit that in here. It's like, dude, Lawler's number nine. Oh my gosh! It was, but but it was, it was like Mahler's a, second symphony sure but i mean you could say any number i believe he i believe he has five you could have said any number i'd be like right right, right, right. <laughs> it was actually Mahler's 300th and 12th i'm like oh yeah sure but yeah this like this feels like such a missed opportunity to maybe partly educate people about the importance of this icon in american music nine nine that, symphonies Mahler has nine symphonies sorry i just wanted to correct that before the emails come in sure his movie's coming out next. He's due. But <laughs> the, the as someone Gustav who knows... Mahler biopic. <laughs> as someone that knows no, still nothing about Lenny Bernstein, having a whole movie devoted to his legacy seems like a great opportunity to like it, show it the importance. It wasn't devoted of, to his of legacy. Of what he did? It wasn't... That's what I'm saying. It wasn't, but interested, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't interested in his art. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I, I'm so, like... I <laughs> so much about this movie. This guy, seen, this guy is seen as pretty important to like the history of music in America. And um, <laughs> I, he, he, the only thing I've gathered is that he's irritated that all he's done is West Side Story. 
He's like, what have I done? Uh, West Side Story, I guess. I haven't really made that much, have I? I'm like, I don't know. And, and now, that was a fascinating moment in the movie, coming out of the mouth of a man who, as a director, has only made two movies. <laughs> right. 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 You could, you could imagine. What have I made? Maestro? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, it. You could imagine Bradley Cooper in one of those directors on directors interviews <laughs> saying, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he did one with Michael Mann. He did a roundtable with Michael Mann. Michael Mann, you've made so many movies. I've made two. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, Uh, just get on that. (laughs) uh, Interesting, too. You know, this movie's not a remake or anything, but it's it's the life of this kind of mid-century American icon. Uh, Right. And then A Star is Born is itself a remake of a, a, you know, know, the third, whatever, fourth version of that story, but of these kind of mid-century stars right like you know he's he's it's interesting because if you had watched his acting career you i wouldn't have said this this is what he's gonna right, be after right. yeah. the hangover <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right the hangover and this limitless guy's trajectory right? yeah yeah yes it just didn't seem interested and and then the the longest piece of extended artistic showing that we see in this movie that you know that and i'm talking right. about the, the the big set piece the big set which to me is amazing. Yeah, I thought it was amazing until they ruined it at the end of it. Oh, with her? To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, darling, you have no hate in your heart. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I still... Don't understand and, why and, you're and, saying and, what you're saying. And I literally was like, what does that mean? What is she referring to? What is she referring to? It what? seems like based off what I've seen, I don't know, you should not be happy with him. Well, but, but no, also, no, 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 but, no. I felt like, I was like, you've been letting him do this for like two decades. Well, like, no, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you shouldn't be happy with him, but also maybe it seems like you don't care at the same time. It, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem like you care. And like, to make this grand statement of you have no hate in your heart, it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like you think he, you, you've ever thought that. Like, you've just been letting him do whatever he wants. I'm like, then why are you screaming at him while Snoopy goes by? <laughs> and so, so to, to me, that's like my favorite scene of the movie. And and yes, I, I don't like the resolution of the sequence, but that that to me is like a very, very special piece of filmmaking and kind of from a technical standpoint of what movies can do mm-hmm. and you know the whole he's she's he, the myth the, the mythologizing he's been doing of how he spent six years learning how to conduct that piece have you heard this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like okay okay man i don't i like i i guess um dude honestly it doesn't even seem like you're on time with the music <laughs> and also the actors who are very clearly actors just like Shredding on those strings. <laughs> like, all right, relax. I don't know, was it not an actual orchestra? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I, I thought it was great. It but, seemed like they were like freaking out, like, and then the music is kind of just like humming. Okay, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so orchestrate. I thought it was great. I thought the whole sequence Conduct. was great. But but it's and and I get that that's a that's you could and, and you know to the thing you could just go watch Bernstein do that. You could watch that performance on YouTube, um, yeah. But, and I get that that was an important. I, I, I actually, I'm not sure. I want to say it seems to me as though it's an important moment in his career. I'm not really sure why, or what the significance yeah. of that was. 
Exactly. <laughs> Again, this is the part of the point. It, I, it, it's not the tar effect where she's been, like, once she gets this last gemstone in her yeah. glove, yes. then, then she can... I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> it's an infinity stone. In, in, in once she, yeah, once she gets out, like, she can, you know, Mahler's, snap her fingers. Mahler's Fifth Symphony is her last yeah, infinity stone. And all other conductors <laughs> disappear. It's just her. Uh, it's not like the crowning jewel of his career. No. no it doesn't, right. I mean, it's not built up that way. No. No, it's it's not built up as anything, literally. Yeah. Like, it's just all of a sudden uh, we're yeah, there. So, uh, I'm doing Lawler's, Mahler's. I don't know his name. <laughs> and, and... But the, the thing is, like, this central set piece of music in the movie is not even his music. It, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like, it's this performance that's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Now, and, and I say this as someone who is, like, totally ignorant of classical music, the last century of American conducting and composing, right? Like, I have no frame of reference for these things. Except what I learned in Tar last year, and so you don't get it, dude. When he did that, it like changed the game. It's like why? And part of this is, and part of my ignorance is the point of like this is a Netflix movie with Bradley Cooper in it. It's like right. this is not masterpiece theater on PBS doing uh, like you know some long biopic on 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 Leonard Bernstein, right? This is like right. it's a Bradley Cooper movie. You, right. Like you need to help me connect with this, and <laughs> and you just kind of floating around scene to scene does not achieve that for me. There's this great early scene when Carrie Mulligan first shows up, and they're at. Are a you party, watching a house it right party. now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got it on the background, but it reminded me because I meant to bring it up. And they're at a house party when Carrie Mulligan first shows up and she meets Lenny. He's playing piano and there's these two other singers in the room. And they keep singing this song. And I get carried away. And I was like, I have a sneaking suspicion this is you with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming. And I get carried away. That's like that's Bradley Cooper, yes. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Just good. like, all right, let's have that um, CGI podium swinging of you here. And I get carried away. And then the script, yes, darling. Uh, yeah, they, they. It, it, So, it, I mean, and not that, like, again, it, it feels weird to be complaining about this stuff because it's like I could see myself. What I'm asking for is, like, give me a framework and give me some exposition. But I could see mm-hmm. myself complaining about that same stuff in a different movie. Like, oh, this is too much exposition or whatever. To me, it is clear that, that Bradley Cooper is talented. And oh, yeah, totally. some pretty... Yeah. Could make some pretty great movies. I don't know why he's choosing to make this one. Yeah. Like there's some, you know, when it falls into the beats of Felicia's cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and kind of the movie that it turns into at that point and kind of hitting those beats of diagnosis, struggle. I mean, look at him. <laughs> the makeup is pretty amazing, actually, I will say. It, it is yeah. amazing. There's like a, a bunch of amazing parts of the movie, like pieces technical piece and, and to me the stark contrast between old lenny and young lenny is it's crazy that it's the same person yeah his eyes are a little too wild bradley cooper like yeah. they're insane eyes that he can't uh get out from under but other than that the makeup's amazing but you know the like cancer diagnosis the struggle with that the being sick her eventual passing his response to it it starts hitting those biopic beats yeah that I, I, not to say that her experience of that isn't important, but I'm just, I'm not sure what it's all building towards, you know? 
I found the cancer like, stuff like, to what, be. What, am, <laughs> I, am I learning? Am I learning about his love for her? In those, no, because is the, the movie mo- about their relationship is it? In some ways, it felt like the movie just wants it. Not even both ways, but like every way. And it's like, right? Oh, he's like a philandering, cheating, partying guy, yeah. and their marriage is a sham, essentially. Right. And now she has cancer, and he's and that feels like both like real life, like mm-hmm. like I I can understand that, like mm-hmm. this this has drawn them together. But the movie has not asked me to care about their marriage because she mm-hmm. doesn't seem to care it care about early it early on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Earlier, earlier in the movie, it's just like well, it's just it, it almost feels like uh, this is that's just Lenny. A, that's, it's just that's what's being that's what it's like being married to Lenny, and so. so like if the movie's trying to say, like, see, he really loved her. It's like, all right, that's cool. That's you know, fine. I believe that's fine. you. Yes. You know? Yeah. But I don't. I don't. It. It is. It does go back to the opening question of art doesn't answer questions; it asks them. But I don't know what what questions the movie is asking of me. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if. I, I feel like I don't watch enough biopics to have maybe great ideas about what they should be but even like you mentioned that Steve Jobs one I'm like oh, I get a sense of the obsession and the the details okay and the his own maestro perfectionism unhealth towards an end goal focus you know what I'm saying like yeah. I'm learning with like intensity these things about Steve Jobs I, I don't really know what I'm learning here other than he enjoys pleasure which whoa because He's talked about not having a strong frame of reference for the biopic, but this was a movie year really marked by a pretty significant biopic. And I know you were a little Mm. mid on Oppenheimer. Well, I, what's your, where do you place biopics in your movie watching value system? Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, what what are some ones that are done really well, and and what what makes them like? I guess learning about a person is cool, but I feel like the, the the better ones have a lot more to say than this is what they did and this is who they were. But like maybe the better ones have ideas about the bigger themes of those people's lives and how that um, might be interesting to consider. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally, I totally understand what you're I, I mean, right because it's like, like I feel I feel like Oppenheimer, you know, works better than this in terms of asking questions oh yeah Oppenheimer is a great movie uh, but I you know I know we're, we differ a little bit on that but like maybe maybe a good comp comparison for y- yes I mean they're they're both like very driven right these kind of singular yeah like the movie really hinges on this central single performance okay so I'm pu- pulling stuff up I, so so uh, looking at like some letterbox lists of like biopics, right? This is kind of helpful for me sure. to, see, to see some of these. And, and there are some, frankly, I, like Moneyball is listed on here. I just I wouldn't call that a biopic. Like right. B- Billy Bean to me is not a it's, famous enough person. It's, it's not like a summation of his life. No, it's about that season of the A's and this change of baseball. But so Lincoln is listed here. Lincoln is a good comparison because because Lincoln does the similar to the Steve Jobs thing, which it says I. Have you ever seen Lincoln? Um, I've only started it. It's really good. I think I think it's really good. I think the Daniel Day Lewis performance. Obviously, he won an Oscar for it. It's excellent. But it's it's about this very short period of time during the Civil War uh, mm. of Lincoln's life, right? And yeah. the way that he contends with the legislature about abolishing slavery and 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 all of these 
things kind of coming to a head in his life and leadership. Yeah. And that is effective. And then then there's Malcolm X, the Spike Lee movie, which is mm-hmm. also phenomenal. And that's a I mean it's it's a long extended like this is his whole life kind of movie, Cradle to Grave basically. Why is Malcolm or X even- so much better than than something like this? I I, I don't know. Like well, six I even like Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about a guy. Obviously, it's not like this is exactly what happened in this guy's life, but you know, kind of. Don't they bring him up at the end? Or yeah. Mention his name. Yes. Something. Yeah. But it's like he's really just a little. Marty's interested in a lot bigger <clears throat> ideas than this man, but is using the man to. Oh, totally. Talk about some of those ideas. Yeah. So I guess I just don't know what ideas are being. Another Scorsese the, movie. I think of like Raging Bull, right? And that's like that's a biopic about this guy. De Niro takes on the tra- the physical transformation of this guy over the course of the movie, but mm-hmm. but, but Marty's not that interested in the guy's life. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is it's so like he's the guy's life to talk about something. Yes, he's using that he's using that guy's life to talk about guilt and absolution and atonement. Right. right? Like we've talked about it on this podcast. So when you ask with something like Maestro, what is Bradley Cooper interested in himself. <laughs> I, I I mean the 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 unique thing about this is is he directed the movie and he's playing the lead, right. and it's a bio it's a biography right and he wrote it and he yes yeah so it's it's not like it 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 would be like if Spike Lee said I'm gonna make a Malcolm X movie and I'm gonna play Malcolm. Right, like <laughs> if Marty was like, "I'm the Irishman." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's me. <laughs> I am the Irishman. Yeah, well, I, I, I am the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, th- that's that's to me so much of the the strange subtext of the movie is that, well, it's it's him. It's it's about him and 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 his vision for art and achievement and like success or whatever and those are interesting things but right do you know what movie tackles all of these all of those things in such a better way tar it's tar <laughs> and and like tar much more terrifying way tar is about those big themes and it and it happens to be a com- conductor movie right right but but, but I'm, and I don't mean like think it's an interesting comparison regardless of the subject matter. I know this has become the kind of cliche that when we, when people talk about this movie and the the, the the kind of desperation of Bradley Cooper mm. to get an Oscar. Does he not have one? And but it it does seem for anything. He maybe he has one for A Star Is Born if something because I think it won best original song. Maybe he's got a but he probably doesn't have a credit on that. So I actually don't know. He has no Academy Awards. Um, he's been nominated quite a few times. He's been nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Actor, Best Actor. So, a couple of times. But but he, he seems really desperate. And and this is the kind of movie that if it had been made 10 years ago would have been a no-brainer. Or I mean, 20 years ago, maybe. A no-brainer kind of Oscar movie. Then the spirit of things like from 30 years ago, Gandhi and, you know... I mean, even gosh, Green Book is kind of biopicy, but anyways, it's not very good. But this is like high art achievement, technical, you know, technically astounding. It's this beloved figure. I mean, 
gosh, Bohemian Rhapsody mm. and Rami Malek got an Oscar for that, and Bradley Cooper is yeah. so much better than that. Yeah, I mean, that was a cr- that was crazy. And I, I mean, I just don't think he's gonna win. And I don't think it's. I mean, like, I don't think it'll be enough for him because there's a potential he'll be nominated for Best Director, but I don't think that's enough for him. Like, I I think I think he wants mm. the acting award, and he's just working crazy hard. And I I just think Killian Murphy's gonna get it. <laughs> He's going to saunter on in and scoop it up. Um, yeah, it's funny, even like the name. Because it's like if Tar was named Maestro, you'd be like, yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? And it'd be like control and like specificity and like, you know, fine detail, finely tuned, you know? Everything's got to be in its place. It's like, no, let's just uh, let's have some fun. We'll enjoy the music, of course. Uh, we'll have a smoke. We'll we'll enjoy each other. It, it, I don't know. It feels like there's not a focus. Yes, and 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 the point you bring up about the title is interesting, right? Because it's like the word maestro evokes something, right? It's what you just described. Yeah, and it's like, but that's not what we saw. We what we saw was exactly. like kind of this. F- sweaty guy and i know whose hair is flying all over the place and and, and who was just like and part of the character he's a slob like yeah he's kind of like this breezy easygoing slobbish kind of guy you, you know like who, who i think there's an interesting thing about that he didn't really care mm-hmm. so much about his appearance at certain points that because it was about the art or whatever but but it was like that's just I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's call like it, even the, just even call the it title Lenny. is just misplaced. It's like yeah. the title. I don't like to do that. Like I, I don't know if I we've talked about this off pod, but just the um, there's been an amount of movies this year where having a rich understanding and history with the director's mm. previous work, or or ha- having viewed and spent a lot of time with the director's previous catalog. It very much enriches your experience of this new movie they've come out with, and without yeah. that, and without an awareness of who made it or who's in it or you know what they're all seeking, it um, it might not hit as hard. And well, you know what 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 else are you referring to? Well, we were I was gonna bring this up with the Fincher movie, but like mm. I, I feel like a lot of the conversation I hear around uh, the killer or Killers of the Flower Moon or Oppenheimer. Um, or Maestro is like, you know, what the stuff Bradley Cooper's like going after or Christopher Nolan's like obsession with yeah. the great man. And, you know, is this a metaphor yeah. for his career? Dave Fincher's attention to detail and like, is he kind of just like laughing everybody off who thought that Fight Club was a great movie? You know, and it's like, okay. I see what yes, you're saying. That stuff is interesting and definitely. Oh, uh, see, this is what I think is the difference. Well, okay. With r- real quick, I'm saying like, I, I find that stuff interesting, but. I need the movie to work really well without all of that other context yeah. floating around of like, yeah. oh yeah, because I know Christopher Nolan's history with this type of story, then it more, you know, then so even this richer, makes it work. Sure. Yeah. I think in, in both those examples though, like those movies stand up on their own. Right. And the meta textual stuff is about those filmmakers. Mm-hmm. It's not about the central figure, right? Like the, the, this is the, there is no metatextual because Bradley Cooper's directorial career is so thin. 
Well, what I'm saying it's is not like, his fault. <laughs> you might be like, oh, Maestro, that's that's Bradley. That's not Bernie. I guess. You know? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I'm saying like what, what the movie depends on is my knowledge of not Bradley Cooper, but Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, falls flat, where it's like this was more of an opportunity to showcase and educate people about a figure. Teach and, me something. And, and w- then pull out w- themes from his life. Yeah. I don't know. It said there's a lot of technically great moments. Or even outside of technical, like there's a couple of moments that I really loved that I thought would bump my star rating, and then yeah, it just doesn't come together. And you know, especially the ending scene where he's like, uh, "Eddie questions," and it's supposed to be this kind of like mic drop of like, "Go on, this movie was epic, wasn't it?" And it's like, yeah, I only have a thousand more questions, <laughs> and I know that's the the like cyclical nature of the film of opening with the question and. And we're opening with a quote that's about Art asking questions, and he asks literally yeah, any questions. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just um, uh, again, my my. We can hop into uh, segments here. Yeah. But my letterbox review was. Well, but I, then okay, I, I, we were talking about the the stuff with her and her cancer at the end, but that's not the end of the movie. Because <laughs> then it like cuts to like him living his best life essentially like it, it cuts to the bizarro version of the tar scene with the student yes 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 where well, that, the student leaving in a like rage at tar for embarrassing him it cuts to lenny like dancing with the student on a dance floor it cuts to him pulling up to his class in this little sports car with the license plate that says Maestro, while the It's the End of the World as We Know It is playing, which is a song name checks Leonard Bernstein, is playing on his car radio. And he's and then he like parks in the middle of the lawn and then like just gently trots over to his lecture, right? Like, yeah, maybe how much Lenny was into himself is a good character for, for Coop. <laughs> Uh, but it's such a weird transition that is not remarked upon within the text of the movie like his wife dies of cancer and he seems just destroyed by it and then cut to x number of years later i'm zipping around campus and hooking up with students hooking up with students and i'm gonna make this student do a thing and and look this was like kind of indiscernible to me and such a weird sequence where the student is like not doing something and is conducting and then lenny's like this is what, what did i do what did i do i did this <laughs> you, you, were, you were punching too. i think that's what you were trying to do am i right am i right oh my gosh and 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 part Where's of me loved tar? the scene. You want to wear the mask? <laughs> part of me loved the scene because I'm a real like process kind of guy in movies, mm-hmm. right? Like I would love to see the serious version of this. Not serious, but like the version of this where like it's the sequences in Tar where she is in rehearsals with her orchestra and she's talking to the musicians. Oh yeah. And and, and that is the process stuff in that movie I love. And this is what I was going to say about Tar 2. Um, I'm not connected to kind of what I'm saying here about the ending, but I think in, in a general sense, I, Tar is another movie where I approach that movie knowing almost nothing about the subject matter. Mm-hmm. It's the same subject matter. And that movie makes me want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't, condescend to the audience it just right. talks at a level that's like hey if you get it you get it if not like the writing is so good that at least i understand if not <laughs> if you don't get it why it's obvious 
Well, no, I'm talking about like the the, the references to real sure. life musicians and stuff, and it's like, it's like I don't need to know that, but also it's written in such a way that it's like I get I get what's happening and I get the points, and I never felt lost in the references. Yeah. Where this movie is making references, and I'm like, I don't I don't care, and I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really needed you to understand, if it, if it needs you to understand Steve McQueen's like catalog for his cameo yeah yeah, to like yeah, yeah, hits, yeah or even like the fact that there, there is a steve mcqueen cameo like oh yeah you know yeah. it's like hey, if you don't know that it's, yeah it doesn't really matter it's fine it's yeah. fine let's keep going yeah 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 i'm watching the scene with the student now and it's like they did is that what you were thinking great uh, <laughs> um, yeah and it's funny that discourse and even us on this pod like kind of giving bradley cooper the break to the coals but it's like it's he only has two movies and we're like, dude, this guy. <laughs> like I like *The Stars Born* a lot. I I think *A Stars Born* is an excellent movie. Yeah, and I think he is excellent in this. Yeah, I think his performance is great, and I think it is obvious that he has a directorial talent. It is in choosing his subject matter. Maybe mm-hmm. it is maybe how these narratives are framed I, I you know these seem that seems like small things but i think ultimately it amounts to a lot yeah it's like i it's like i almost don't even you know believe that he's this interested in lenny oh yeah totally you know that's a great it's a great great thing to bring up because it feels in some ways like a manufactured thing right yes yes i don't know if you're actually passionate about this guy in his life versus uh kind of a showcase of skill yeah Yes, totally. And this is the vehicle with which I can do that. Yeah. But you know what? We're talking about it because, hey, guys, it's on Netflix. Yes. You can watch it, form your own opinions. It's available. It's definitely going to be in the, well, it was in the Golden Globe talk or in the Golden Globe race talk, but not really. Uh, it's going to be in Oscar talks. It's going to be a semi-relevant movie in the next couple months. So, And it's available, which a lot of the movies that we want to talk about right now are not available. So we decided to do... An episode on it and you know just, just get back in the swing of the pod here yes we're back we're starting a new year our new year's resolution is to do more episodes than we did last year that's right <laughs> won't be hard to <laughs> to beat that watermark um segments segments here we go what are we sipping on some water nice along with water just sipping on some magic mind again magic mind magic mind you know the uh Matcha, mushroom, ashwagandha, lion's mane. Just a concoction, a brew of, uh, one, super tasty ingredients, but also ingredients that are super good for you and give you energy. And don't just block the thing that tells you you're tired like coffee does. Long time, friend of the pod. They keep supplying just a really quality addition to my day. And so uh, they've actually... They want to do that for you sleepyheads out there, believe it or not. And so in the month of January, and uh, we're going to get this pot out as soon as possible to help give you guys a head start on that. Um, we're, they're, they're gearing up to help you guys crush some uh, New Year's resolutions of getting that focus locked in. And uh, right now you can get one month for free when you're subscribing for three months at magicmind.com forward slash Jan, they sleep. So that's, that's our little like, Hey, if you're coming from us to try out their product, that lets them know that uh, friend of the pod, 
are yep. trying Magic Mind out. Again, that link is magicmind.com forward slash Jan They Sleep. And if you use the, and once you go there, you enter the code Movies While, all one word, all caps. And that'll give you one month free when you're subscribing for three months with Magic Mind. Because they do these ongoing subscriptions of you just get a box full of Magic Mind yeah. drinks. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, Man, the deal they're really, running all I, January. I have really got to get some more of this because we have been so uh, sleep disturbed lately. Uh, with oh, a yeah. couple of well, our, well, one of our coming, children. I, I'm coming down in a couple weeks for a conference, so I'll bring half a box oh, excellent. Your, your way. Because uh, I know you need it. I know I need it. That's and right. I know, hey, Sleepyheads, it's part of the brand. I know you guys need it. So, That's again, right. one more time, magicmind.com forward slash Jan. They sleep with the code movies while. And y'all are looking for a free month of Magic Mind. So, get your shrooms on, y'all. Letterboxd review. Uh, I kind of waffled back and forth. That scene of the Mahler Second Symphony in the cathedral was amazing. Mm. First, I kind of t- my takeaway was it was like a four star movie. Mm-hmm. And then the more that I thought about it, I just the more I thought about its hollowness mm-hmm. um, and I ended with three and a half stars for this guy. Yeah. I was four for a lot of the movie and I landed at three and a half as well. Yeah. It's just, it, it's tough when it looks so good and there's some really special scenes. Like my favorite scene is when him and Felicia are arguing about a certain house guest staying. Yeah. Yes. And the way their conversation is stacking on top of each other. I'm like, Oh, this yeah. is how people talk. Like this is yeah. so great. Like there's a couple moments like that though. Like, oh, you had you you really have something right there. It doesn't add up to a four star equation. Yeah. Yeah, three and a half. It was it was like enjoyable. Thing. That's the thing. I think people should watch it. I know we've yeah, been I ha- it was like, we've, we've been hard on it, but I think people should check it out. I thought it was a totally like pleasant movie going experience. You know, to anyone to the average movie viewer, not the average, you know, movie pod listener maybe but the average movie viewer this is like a four and a half five star movie totally but when we're comparing it to some of the heavy hitters we got yeah in the race this year yeah. or even just you know some of our favorites it's a little bit lower three and a half yeah. solid yeah. three and a half yeah yeah i'm trying to adjust half. my letterbox criteria like three and a half is a solid movie i've been trying to do that too yeah um i'm gonna talk about one of those in a second okay well, next segment favorite shot Favorite shot. I don't know if it's a favorite shot, but my favorite filmmaking from a technical aspect sequence is the Mahler Second Symphony in the in the cathedral. Just like technically, what an achievement! I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I um, I oh, love the, or the Snoopy float. Yeah, I was gonna say the Snoopy float is pretty pretty fun. <laughs> Until I saw on Twitter someone like, all right. Uh, Bradley Cooper was definitely on Tumblr in like 2009 because they posted a photo that was like almost a shot for shot remake and I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh Wait, it, it, like like uh, it was like, a photo that someone had uh, you know either taken or photoshopped that was like people in a room with the oh like, yeah 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 like Macy's Day balloons but it was like the moodiness you know yeah and I was like oh gosh because it was like exact I'm like, yeah. no, I can't get that out of my head now. Yeah, but it's tough. It, it's pretty great when that balloon goes by. So I'll, I'll go with that just because yeah, I'll, I'll give Bradley the benefit of the doubt that he didn't just rip off yeah. some random Tumblr post. Yeah. What else we got? What else we watching? 
What else are we watching? Oh, Unsung Hero. Do you have any Unsung Hero? Oh, Unsung Hero. It's the Snoopy balloon count. Um, we can say because there's not a lot of. I I will say that Maya Hawk is great as their daughter. That was mine too. She's yeah. every time, every scene she's in, I'm like, dude, she needs to be in more movies. Oh my gosh, she like, is effortless. like. She has the the speaking and acting style of her father, but the poise and image of her Who, mother. I mean, that's kind of context. It's Uma Thurman yeah. and, and and Ethan Hawke, right? So and and, and it's she's just so extraordinary. Goodness. Like she's so good. She's so good. And and I know the unsung hero is usually a smaller piece, but I I think I mean she just injected a level other of other Bradley and Carrie. Everyone else is pretty small in this movie. Yeah, but she, yeah, 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 her she just felt so natural. Yeah. Really great, like great performance. Effortless acting. Yeah. What else you been watching? Uh, okay. What so you got? I, I mean, since we last spoke, I've been watching a lot. Um, Maybe just the past like two weeks or so. No, I'm just gonna tell you. Um, I watched this movie yesterday. That I it was. This is like three and a half stars, but like this is like the best three and a half star movie. Mm-hmm. I watched Confess Fletch. Confess Fletch. Confess Fletch. Have you heard of it? So, so you're familiar with the Fletch films from the '80s? There's two of them with Chevy Chase as Fletch. Okay. Oh, oh, you watch uh, with uh, John Hamm. With John Hamm. Yeah. Dang. Watch this. We're rewatching Mad Men right now. Oh my gosh. Three. Okay. Mad Men's the greatest show of all time. Sorry. <laughs> the greatest show ever. <laughs> it's so stupid good. We are watching Fargo season five. Mm-hmm. And he is like the evil MAGA. Um, Why does he not get more stuff? I don't. He's he's in tons of stuff. Like, but he's like the. E- I mean, more like evil, real deal stuff. Like, you know, like red state North Dakota constitutional sheriff in, uh-huh. in in season five of Fargo. Have you ever seen a season of Fargo? I saw the first one. It's okay. really good. Season season five is like our favorite so far. Um, yeah. And John Hamm is in it. He's amazing. But anyways, I want to confess Fletch. And, and so the Fletch movies from like the 80s, I have no context or anything for these. And I think they're based on some novels or something. And and about this character Fletch. And he's like an investigative journalist or something. And he's like gets involved in murders, like solving murder mysteries, right? It's like a little kind of pulpy murder mystery. Yeah. It was so good. Like it, it, it so shocked me by how breezy and effortless like they don't make movies like that except they made this in 2022 and i'm like oh i guess they do make this um i found myself like saying this is the kind of thing i would say they don't make movies like this anymore except they still are except it didn't i don't i think it just went straight to streaming it's now streaming on paramount plus like showtime deal yeah it was it was never that might have to be our takeout movie night movie oh it's like a fun little murder mystery and look 98 minutes perfect yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah it's an hour and a half and and this is this is my letterbox review on it is it felt like the kind of movie there's like a lot of like little bit parts like the crazy neighbor of the murderer of the of where the murder happened and the police detective duo that are that are that suspect fletch right and and i kept thinking during the movie every one of these parts could be played by an SNL cast member mm-hmm. and I would hate that. <laughs> right. And there's not a single SNL cast member in this movie. And I love it so much more for that. Not mm-hmm. that, not that that's 
bad or the cast members on SNL. It's not a comment about any particular cast member. It's just like when I watch a movie of a certain era and then a bunch of SNL cast people are in it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's because this was made in 2014. Right. And and it just dates it and and timestamps it in a way, and it makes it all feel like an SNL sketch. And this was just, oh, you know who's in this, by the way, yeah. Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> it's John Hamm Ooh. and Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> I'm watching this tomorrow night. Um, and John Slattery is in it. <laughs> I'm watching this. Tomorrow it's night. so good. Okay, it just like I I I think it's so underrated. I cannot express, and it's like it's. It's just a three and a half star movie. It's not a five star movie by any means. It's just Which so good. We're raising the bar of what a three and a half star movie. Yeah, but I am. Yeah, that that was like what I was alluding to earlier. I'm like, man, I loved this. And yeah. I think I think call this a three and a half star movie and call it like the best version of that. So what else? What about you? Well, we did our classic When Harry Met Sally, Phantom Thread, New Year's uh, yeah. Eve, double feature. And then I'm just trying to catch up on all these movies coming out. So Godzilla, Iron Claw boy in the heron and then on a whim I, I watched catch me if you can which was uh not as good as i remember yeah, so. yeah. well especially right. when you look it up it's like yeah this guy's a total fraud like he didn't do any of this stuff yeah yeah you're like okay this is where the biopic loses yeah um, and it, i love tom hanks but he's got some goofy roles sometimes <laughs> i'm like this is like this is like a prequel to him becoming the conductor on the Polar Express. <laughs> Say, are you gonna run? Well, okay. Well, are you coming? Uh, so I watched Richard Jewell, also a John Hamm movie. Boy, I've been like swimming in John Hamm stuff. Um, have you? Do you know Richard Jewell? Are you familiar no. with this? This is the Clint Eastwood movie from 2019 about the bombing at the Olympic Stadium or the Olympic Stadium Park um in 92 so did i tell you about this i got this clint no. eastwood uh um, bundle on itunes movies dude that's where we bought mad men we bought oh, all seven yeah, seasons like 29 20 bucks. bucks yeah 20 bucks it's, it's crazy right it was like it was it's the gift that keeps on giving no okay so i was like just browsing it was like a month ago and i was like oh okay there's a clint eastwood bundle and it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, uh, twelve Clint Eastwood directed movies plus a brand new nine-part documentary series about him for seven dollars, and I was like, this feels weird. I'm gonna snatch this up, and it had like it has Richard Jewell, American Sniper, Gran Torino, Million Dollar Baby, a bunch of stuff of his I'd never seen, and I was like, well. I'll watch it. Oh, you know, I picked it up and I thought this has got to be a mistake. So the next day I went on iTunes and I checked the price of it. It was $99. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Those sales are just absolutely. And I, and I just thought was, was this like some error or was it just like a 24 hour flash sale of this thing? Like it was just, I, I think it was cause you know, you see the top 10 movies of the day or whatever. And I'm like, why are all these Clint Eastwood movies in the top 10 movies of the day? And it's like all these people were snatching up this sale. So thrilled about that. Um, and Richard Jewell, Jewell was fine. It was like a solid, you know, three star Clint Eastwood movie. Anyways. Yeah. Well, we're back. Man. Let us hear from you. You just, you know, you people out there, you sleepyheads, we're reach back. out. And we're 2024 back. is our year. Then I think the next episode is going to be our top 10 of the year. I think. Oh, yeah. I'm good with that. I'm weary to say. You good with that? Okay. I feel like I need to watch maybe two or three things and then we can have a tentative top 10. 
But until then, go rate, review, send the pod to a movie lover in your life. It helps us get seen. It helps us get heard. It helps uh, people like Magic Mind find us and like helps you guys up with some deals. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Movies While I Sleep, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Sleepyheads. Good night, y'all. Bye. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, let's jump in, sleepyheads. Let's jump in.